didn't have any cows, but I used to just say that. Amen. Uh, Kings, book of First Kings, if you would turn there, uh, chapter 18. And I uh, just want to say how much I've enjoyed coming and ministering uh, in this place and uh, uh, spending some time catching up with Pastor Dragoon. And uh, also, too, let me say on behalf of uh, myself and my wife, Colleen, and our two grandsons, we do thank you for the love offerings, no doubt. Uh, when you give, when you drop money in the offering plate, you're dropping part of yourself because you earned that money. You worked hard for that money. And so for you to drop it in the basket is a love offering to me and my family. I so greatly appreciate that. Amen. First Kings chapter 18. Uh, what The story we're about to read, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting. This is going to be a... a uh, 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 this, this, this climax of an event. Years ago, a wicked woman by the name of uh, Jezebel, and uh, she's a, 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 just a wicked, wicked woman. And uh, you're probably thinking, like, can a woman be that wicked? And I say, yes. Have you ever heard of the Beatles and Yoko Ono? And uh, it's just wicked what, 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 what happened there. And... <laughs> All the kids are going, oh, what is that? She broke up the Beatles, man. It was like, okay, all right. So back to Jezebel. So this woman from Jezreel, she marries King Ahab, and she brings with her uh, Baal worship. And this is just a wicked, pagan, heathen practice. And, I mean, uh, uh, all manner of perverse uh, 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 ceremonies uh, are involved with this, human sacrifices, and just on and on and on. So what's happening is Israel is totally backslidden now. There are people that, that they, they do want to serve God, but the, the problem is it's the, the nation's going this way, they're wanting to go this way. So the prophet Elijah finally goes, okay, this is it, this is enough. He says, we're going to meet on Mount Carmel. I want the prophets of Baal to meet me up there. And then he makes an interesting statement as the people of Israel gather uh, up this, this mount. And as they're there, thousands of people, here's the prophets of Baal, hundreds of them. Here's this one man, one guy. He stands there and he makes a statement, how long... Will you limp between two opinions? Another translation, how long will you stagger between two opinions? What he's saying is, he goes, if Jehovah be God, then serve him. Or if Baal is God, then serve him. Stop being wishy-washy. Make up your mind. So now he gives the stage to the Baal about the prophets of Baal, and he goes, okay, we're going to see, you're going to see with your own eyes tonight who the real God of Israel is. And he hands it over to the Baal uh, uh, prophets, and he goes, take it away. Call on your God. Demonstrate to the people uh, your God. The Bible says that uh, all day long, these prophets, man, they're, they're chanting and dancing. They're taking out knives and and they're cutting themselves, and, and, and the Bible says lances, they're piercing their flesh, and the Bible says the, the, the blood is just running 
And so even the prophet Elijah gets in on it, and he starts mocking them. He says, maybe your, your God is hard of hearing. You need to yell a little louder. Uh, maybe he's taking a nap, and uh, uh, maybe your God's on vacation, and uh, he can't be reached. I think Elijah would have fit into our fellowship really good. And, uh, uh, and so finally, it's, it, they've been at this all day, and finally the prophet goes, okay, that, that's enough. That's enough. Okay. You've been calling on your God all day long. That's it. He goes, all right. And he gives some instructions uh, about what to do with the altar and stuff and bring water and make a big old giant man-made pond and the altars on it and the offering. And this is during a time of drought, okay? And then he goes, okay. It says uh, uh, in verse number I lost my place. Uh, Okay, in verse 36, And it came to pass at the time of the offering uh, in the evening that Elijah the prophet came near, and he said, O Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Jehovah, hear me that this people may know that you, Jehovah, are God and that you have turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dirt and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Jehovah, he is God. Jehovah, he is God. Let's pray one last time. Father, I pray one final time for the anointing, God, that you would on this final service, Lord, speak a word to every man and woman. God, cause me to give a word fitly spoken, a word in due season to every man and woman in this place. God, change lives. God, transform lives this evening. Lord, don't let us leave here the same as we came in tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk first of all about the issue of powerless religion. So we go on outreach, and, and you're on outreach, or you're on your job, and you're witnessing to people, and, and you're telling them you're born again. You witness to someone, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm born again. So the question is, why should they believe you? And in other words, there are so many religions out there, I mean, there are religions that are so cockamamie. I'm like, is that an actual religion? And, and, and so what religion is right? What makes Christianity different from every other religion? What makes us different from Hinduism, Buddhism, Muslim? What makes us different? Why should they listen to you when you're out there knocking on somebody's door? The issue is power. When I'm talking about a powerless religion, I'm talking about a religion of of lifeless words, of form, of ritual. Matthew, Jesus says, you worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. I grew up Catholic. I am a a recovering Catholic. And uh, I grew up, and I mean... Uh, we even had one of the oldest missions, uh, Catholic churches in the North American continent is actually 
located in Oceanside, California, just a couple miles from my house. This thing was built in 1775, before America was even a, a, a nation. They built this thing, and you could go to Catholic Church there, and uh, these are the Franciscan monks. These are the guys in the brown drab gowns and the warachi sandals and the rope belt. They actually do that. And, and you could hear the, 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 the service in Latin. Nobody knew anything of what's going on. They would get up there and go, Ophili ma boni belli fobistu beni is domino. You know, and me and my brother would go, what? You know, and, 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 and I'd, I'd say, he said something about Benny wants his bony belly or something, and something about dominoes, man, you know. And, 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 and we would go through, I mean, it was, you walked in, and, and, and you did the water thing. I mean, that's spiritual stuff, man. That we would go down, and you're looking for an aisle. Uh, you know, you go down the aisle, you're looking for a row. And then, you know, as you, before you got into your, you know, you did this curtsy thing. And, and you're, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me. And, and you're there, and then, and then, you know, they would go, sit, sit down, stand up, kneel down, sit down, kneel down, stand up, sit, stand you know, and I mean, 45 minutes of, of all this stuff. I mean, it was just going back and forth. And then after the end, it's all over. We go home, get drunk, get stoned, and, and they go back the next week and do it again. There was no change whatsoever. We recited thousands of Hail Marys and Our Fathers and, and all these different things. And, uh, uh, you know, my wife cracks up, you know, but uh, here we were, uh, her and me. We, are, we were living in sin, okay? You know, she's 15, I'm 17. We're in high school. We're going to Catholic church, and uh, even she's going, this is ridiculous. I mean, even, uh, you know, the, here we are, we're living in sin, and, and yet there's no power to change. Listen to me carefully. Man has an inherent religious itch that he loves to scratch. What do I mean by that? We love forms and rituals. There's something about mankind that we, we're into candles, man. Light some candles. I mean, we're, 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 we're having a vigil. Light, light them candles. Light that incense, boy. There's something about the Catholic Church. The cool job to have was that guy that swings the incense thing and he could do tricks with it, you know, and stuff, you know. And we're like, oh, an awesome job and there's something in us that that we love we love the uh, going through all the genuflecting and all the there's something about mankind he likes talking religion some of you maybe have memories of when you were higher than a kite yet you'd be talking about oh god man yeah god's in the trees man and and, and his voice blows in the winds. And, and, and there's just something about us. Amen. Man is inherently religious. But the truth is, listen to me, truth without demonstration is a lie. I'll say it again. Truth without demonstration 
is a lie. In other words, you can say all the right godly things. You can come to church and go, uh, uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless, God bless you. We, we, we are into that stuff, but the issue is if you ain't living it, it's deception. So in the text, this is the first time that a preacher is going to confront the powerlessness of Baal worship. Okay? Let's modernize this. Why do people go to psychologists, psychiatrists? Why is tarot card reading and fortune telling and palm reading, why is it making this resurgence in our society? I mean, tarot cards, tea leaves, oh, let's consult the bones, you know. And why is this all making a comeback? Because by and large, there's no power in the churches today. People are looking for something. They want to experience something. They want to feel something. And so they're not feeling it in the church. So I'll go to the psychologist. At least he tells me things that make sense to me. So let's talk about Christianity and the demonstration of power. Now lock in right here because this is what I'm really after. First uh, Corinthians chapter two verse four. Listen to what this experienced pastor by the name of Paul the Apostle. Listen to what he says. My message and my preaching was not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith does not rest in man's wisdom but in the power of God. I will say it again, that your faith does not rest in man's wisdom, but in the power of God. The power of God. Listen, how do you know Christianity is the true religion? What sets Christianity apart from Buddhism, Hinduism, the Islamic faith, all these things? It's very simply that the power of God is demonstrated for people to see. One of the things that I get a kick uh, is uh, uh, you, you get somebody that's a, a Muslim and they need a healing. It's like, okay, okay, all right. So, so, so uh, Mohammed was a prophet and Allah is, okay, no problem. Okay, we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to believe God to heal you. We're going to believe Allah to heal you. Okay, I want you to say this prayer. I call upon Allah and all this. Okay, let's pray and nothing happens. Okay, now let's pray in the name of Jesus and watch what happens. This is what happens in the text. I want you guys to call upon your God, Baal, and demonstrate to the people the power of what Baal can do. And all day they're cutting themselves and slashing and jumping and dancing and singing and God knows what. And after all day he goes, oh, that's, that's enough. That's enough. Okay. You're going to see what God can do. And he calls upon the name of the Lord, and God demonstrated. One, the first demonstration of the power of God is a changed life. How do you know God is real? Because when you prayed a salvation prayer, he changed you. 
you began to change. Something happened in your behavior. Something happened in your mindset. The gathering demoniac, that here he is. He has a legion of demons. This guy, man, it lives in the tombs with the corpses. They've tried arresting him and putting him in chains, and he breaks the chains. He abuses himself. He attacks people. He's not wearing anything except a Metallica t-shirt, you know? And, 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 and so, but think about this. One encounter, one encounter with Jesus, the men of the city come down, and what do they do? They see the man clothed in his right mind, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to preach. The first demonstration of the power of God is a changed life. Here is the woman at the well. Here is Jesus goes into Samaria, and he asks her, hey, can you give me a cup of, a cup of coffee? <laughs> I was just at Starbucks. <laughs> he says, can you give me a glass of water, please? And she goes, hey, you know, hey, I thought you Jews are too highfalutin for us, you know. To, and she goes, okay, she gets him a drink of water. And so he starts witnessing to her. This is an, it goes to show you, this is an example of the religious behavior of people. This chick has five husbands, five, five, cinco, okay, Vi for you Germans people, okay, all right, uh, or actually, no, it's Vi, well, anyway, okay, and so, and so here she, she's, she doesn't even get married anymore, she's shacking up with number six, right, he says, but what's interesting, here's this woman, man, living in sin, living in fornication, yet when he begins to witness her, what's the first thing she do? She played the religious card. Our ancestors, our fathers have worshipped on this mountain. And she's going back in. Our forefather, Jacob. And, and I mean, how easy. Man, I mean, this chick is living with some dude. But the moment he witnesses, I mean, oh, oh, oh. It's like Saturday morning. You're witnessing to the woman at the well. Hi, I'm from the Potter's house. As I, well, well, I go to church. I, 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 I go to the first church of the Frigidaire. And, and, and I'm a member of the Chosen Frozen. And... And and uh, no 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 hey, hey, you're judgmental. What you, hey, don't be don't be judging me, don't be judging me, right? Because we can play the religious card instantly. But so he continues to witness to her. She gets gloriously saved. She goes into the city, tells everybody. I find it interesting that it says the men of the city came to see. So it's like, hey, did you hear about Agnes? No, you mean, you mean Agnes? Agnes? And they go down to see this. They said, we, we got to see this for ourselves. Because the power of God is demonstrated in a changed life. Still with me. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's in power. Power and the power is always focused on redemption. I will say that again. If you're going to see the power of God demonstrated, it must be focused on redeeming men and women. 
whether you're praying for someone to be healed, whether you're praying for deliverance, whether you're praying for salvation, whatever it is, you must be focused on redeeming somebody if you're going to see the power of God demonstrated. Why does God heal? Why can somebody uh, be on outreach and somebody go, you know, and you go, what's wrong with your arm? I noticed you're holding your arm. Oh, man, I heard it. Can I pray for you? Why does God demonstrate his power in healing? Because he's wanting to show that person, this is what I do. Last night in the sermon, what did I say? When life is beating up on you, when creation is attacking you, when creation is causing circumstances to come against you, what do you do? Call upon the God who created the universe. Creation is subject to God. God is not subject to creation. He's not subject to life. He says, I can make a man walk on water if I want to. I can make the sun stand still in the sky if I want to. And what he's saying is, he gives you and I that power. It was Joshua that pointed his finger at the sun. It wasn't God. It was Peter that said, I want to walk on water. And Jesus said, come on out. Because the power of God first is demonstrated in a changed life. And secondly, it is demonstrated in the supernatural to redeem men and women. God is trying to restore the nation of Israel. So what does Elijah do? God, show them who the real God is here. And in the end, they start yelling, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Book of Exodus, Moses goes before Pharaoh. Plagues, miracles, pillar of fire, Red Sea parting, Jordan River, Jericho walls falling, all this. What were all these supernatural signs for? To redeem Israel, to get them into the promised land. Christianity is a religion birthed in power. It was born, amen, in power. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But think about this for a minute. Who is the church? Us. We are the church. The church is not a building. The church are you and me. And he says, I'll build my church and even the supernatural powers of hell cannot overcome my people. Luke chapter 10, Jesus commissions the 70. They go out to preach the gospel. They come back after a while. And here are these men going, Lord, even the demons, even demons, devils are subject unto us. That they're, they're blown away. One of the things as a pastor is, uh, uh, you know, I would get the call at 1 o'clock on the, in the morning on a Saturday night or something. You know, pastor, pastor, uh, my, my, my aunt Agatha is here and, and she's sick. Can you come over and pray for her? And I'm like, hello? <laughs> you know, who is, who is this? Pastor, were you sleeping? No, no, one o'clock in the morning, I was in meditation. 
And I'm one of those, it takes me, I'm a, what? What do you, what do you need? What do you need? You know, I got to like stand up. You know, if you call me, I got to stand up to get the blood flowing because I'm going, who is this again? You know, you're okay. And what do you need? You know, can you pray for my Aunt Agatha? Is she there? Yeah, she's right here in my living room. What do you think? I got magic hands or something? What do you think? I, what, did I have something that you don't? Are you saved? Well, yeah. Are you born again? Yes. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah. You've got everything I got, bro. You lay hands on her. You lay hands on her. Jesus said that he has commissioned you. He said, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, you cast out devils in my name, right? Because the demonstration of God's power is secondly demonstrated supernaturally to see people get saved. Mark 16, 15, the Great Commission. That here he is, think about this. He goes, my part is done. He says, all power is given me. He says, and remember, before he's called king of kings and lord of lords, there's a cross first. And here he is. He has finished the race. His part is finished. He says, now go you and preach the gospel. So they do. Mark chapter, or excuse me, Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, you shall be endowed with power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. This is a supernatural dimension of God's power. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost does fall. They're uh, speaking in tongues, uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and here, a cowardly Peter that just days ago couldn't even stand in front of some young girl. You know, you're a Galilean. No, I'm not. Remember all that? Now filled with the Holy Ghost, this guy stands up and preaches and lets it fly. And 3,000 people get saved on the first outreach. First outreach. The church was birthed in the supernatural power of God. Acts chapter 3, uh, that here's Peter and John walking to church one morning. They're walking to prayer in the temple, and here is the lame man that they would bring out every day, and, and he'd be there at the gate, and here he's asking for money. Peter lays a hold of him, goes up to him, and he says, Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Reaches down, takes his hand, pulls him up, and the guy is supernaturally, miraculously healed. The Bible says he goes leaping into the temple. That's the power of God. That's our inheritance. That's your inheritance. People go, oh, well, those people were special. How so? Well, there had to be a dimension about them. They were no different than you. They struggled. They fought. They had faults. They had flaws. They had fears. They had shortcomings. 
God isn't concerned about that. He's like, do you believe? Do you believe? Isn't it interesting that they now throw this out for free at no extra charge because you're a great people? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. Has it ever interested you that when God, that here is the author and he's writing out about the hall of faith, this incredible, by faith, Abraham sojourn in a land that he knew not of, right? Isn't it beautiful? By faith. No, he didn't. He went to Egypt. Remember that? I mean, but, but here, by faith. Oh, and, and, and here he is. No, remember the whole thing with, you know, you know, here's Sarah. Well, you know, you're a foxy lady. And, and I mean, she's like 90 years old at that time. I'm thinking, I want to see this woman when I get to heaven. It's like, either you're, you're an attractive babe, and they're going to know you were married. They're going to kill me and take you. So why don't you just say you're, we'll say you're my sister, and that way they'll go, okay, that's, that's his, his sister, right? I mean, I mean what, what do we call that? Oh, lying? Right? Unless you're an attorney. Well, it was actually... Bill Clinton probably would well, that's, that's a slight exaggeration, but, you know, truth is subject. You know. How about Sarah? By Sarah. Sarah received strength in her body to conceive and all that, right? No, she didn't. She laughed at God. Remember when they come, the visitors, which was the Trinity. Remember when the three visitors come to Abraham and they're talking and then one of them says, you know, that uh, Sarah is going to be with child. She's going to have a child. And she's on the other side of the curtain. And she goes, <laughs> she starts laughing. God looks at her and goes, you laughed. And she goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I mean, can you imagine? Here's the moment. Yeah, you did. You laughed. I know laughing when I hear it. You laughed. Mockingly laughed. And the, no. Samson? By faith. Right? By faith. Tore down walls. Samson? You remember his issues? Yet in the book of Hebrews, there's no mention of it. Think about this. There's no mention of any of it because faith overrides that. In other words, what am I saying? I'm saying you can be here tonight. You have flaws. You're, you're here tonight, and you're thinking in your mind, Pastor, that's well and good. Pastor, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know what I struggle with. You don't know my faults. You don't know. Hebrews 11 didn't care. He, God is saying, listen, I empower you. You want to see the power of God demonstrated. Here it is. Redeem people. Whether it's witnessing to someone on a Saturday or somebody that, that your co-worker and, that, and you, you, know, you look kind of green. What's the matter with you? Oh, I, I, I don't feel well. I don't feel Can I pray for you? Come on, Pastor, but they're not saved. Where in the Bible does it say they're supposed to be? Sure, it helps. 
But the Bible says Jesus went around everywhere healing and delivering because he's demonstrating this is what God can do. The moment you stop redemption, the moment this church or any other church, the moment our fellowship begins to withdraw from redeeming people and pursues other things, we're going to lose the power of God. We're going to lose it. Listen to me. Whether you are an old saint, been saved for years, or you are the newest of converts, you are qualified to pray for the sick. You are qualified to pray for somebody to be delivered. Amen. To say, you know, I don't want you to say, oh, I've been smoking for years. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. You are qualified to, to pray and believe God for a miracle. This is our inheritance, folks. This is in our blood. This is in our blood. My, my mother forever, you know, she was always telling me, uh, you know, you know, you know, never forget you're a, you're a Texan. You're a Texan. Never forget. Texan blood runs through you. And, and I'm like, Mama, I was born in San Diego. You know, California. And she goes, no, 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 no. That's not a no. She goes, your blood is Texan. I'm like, okay. Yeah, go there. You know, I'm, yay, go Texas. You know, it's like, okay. What I'm saying this evening is if you're here and you're saved and you love God and you believe God, it doesn't matter your faults. It doesn't matter your shortcomings. I'm not saying I'm not, uh, the, the Bible is giving you a license. If, listen, God will speak to you. You need to repent. You need to change. You need to turn your, from your wicked ways, okay? That's another s- sermon, though. But what tonight I'm telling you is if you want to see the power of God demonstrated, maybe even yourself, you might go, Pastor, I've never seen a miracle. I've never seen. Uh, that's not the point. God will, hey, listen, he'll do, he'll, he'll do something in your heart as well as he will the person you're praying for. This is one of the things that I love. I get the biggest kick of when somebody needs a healing, they got a leg, it's jacked up or something. You know, you do the test, you know, the one leg's longer than the other. One of the things that I would love to do as a pastor is I would bring a chair, put it in the front, have that person with the jacked up leg sit down, and then I would call upon a new convert. And then I would gather the church and say, who has never seen a miracle? And hands would come up. I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to stand up on the stage. I want you to, I want you to see this. And I would have a new convert come. I said, I want you to pray. You pray. I'm going to watch. And watch that leg. And I remember one time as this leg is coming out, man, inches. And, and <laughs> the woman is going, ah, my leg is going. And he's going, ah, her leg is going. And the church is, but that's the God we serve. Christianity is a religion of power, a religion of power. Write it on the inside of your Bible so when the devil is assaulting you and depressing you and speaking into your ear, your circumstances are never going to change. Oh, no, I got news for you, you little homo. God is going to break loose. Yes, he is a homo. That's right, he is. 
Well, you, you don't agree? He's as gay as they come. Amen. And so, anyway, praise God. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. You lose the power. The moment you stop focusing on redemption, the moment you stop focusing on harvesting souls, you will lose that power. I want to challenge you this evening. That you'll begin to believe God. Begin to start praying. Begin to start calling, just like Elijah called out in the name of the Lord, that you, you could be on outreach and you encounter a sick person. Can I pray for you? I want you to see what Jesus can do. You believe God. You're on outreach. Maybe a church service. I want to challenge you. So many people, if you're not careful, you get this mentality that, well, you know, the, the, the deliverance, you know, that's pastor's job. You know, he's, he's in the prayer room and stuff. And when he comes out, listen, you can pray for people. You can pray for people. So, you know, someone says, I'm bound in cigarettes. I can't. Uh, lay hands on them. Pray for them. 